Trust me, I know what I'm doing. Hello and welcome to 60MW. I'm Chris and I am joined, as always, by Mr. Adam Parry. Hello. Hello. We'll get bored of this one day and hate each other. (laughs) Well, you never know. Well, I mean, we said this last time, didn't we, that we're spicing up our relationship by inviting another party, you know, onto the the pod. uh, Because I think maybe we are getting a bit bored of each other, potentially. Um, (laughs) Someone's always got a slip round the back. Well... (laughs) Yes, um, as long as it's you that's in the middle, and or is it is it me this time? I don't know. Hey, middle where the fun is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, are you okay? Who me? Yes, you knob. <laughs> I thought you were introducing someone. Well, it was, but then you started talking. I just thought it's polite to ask you how you are. So. No, no, you can do that in a minute. Okay. I was like, God, this is like fucking butter, isn't it? It's... <laughs> what greasy. And- yeah, yes, yes. Uh, anyway, um, as I was going to mention... Yeah, I'm fine, thanks for asking. Um... <laughs> Shut up. Right. As I was going to mention, uh, we have another party involved. And I'm very, very pleased to say that we are joined by the smoothest voice in radio and podcasting. Present company accepted, I guess. We are joined by the lovely Mr. Alan Sanders. How are you, sir? Hey, I am so happy to be be black. Be back. (laughs) (laughs) I am so happy to be back. (laughs) That's staying in. That's amazing. (laughs) The professionalism slips. Yeah. Yeah, I've built you. Well, I mean, it is true. I don't mind being black, but you know, not allowed to do that anymore at the costume party. So. Doesn't even matter if I'm dressing like my hero. I'm not allowed to. Yeah, I guess. Well, the thing is, though, people can identify as whatever they want to these days, can't they? So. Well, yeah. there seems to be a lot of loose rules all around that. So. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Well, I can't keep track. No, but maybe that is a discussion for another show, mm-hmm. a rant show, perhaps. Um, we'll see. But no, we are joined by Alan Sanders, who is awesome and uh has got his own podcast the wild ride which i'm sure he'll pimp out later on and he's part of our crew uh as part of the ranch show which we do and uh <coughs> the metallica show um uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah so uh, what's what's the story on that one and, are we going to be allowed uh, to do one uh, the abc affording ahead <laughs> <coughs> no that one i don't think is ever coming back <laughs> uh, well, we'll see, because Bender's like having his little breaks and his hiatus, mm-hmm. and then he comes back all guns blazing, and then, you know, we'll record nonstop because he wants to, and then we'll probably have another break for another six months. But uh, You anyway. know, when I was growing up, the Ford line of automobiles was not known for its highest quality. They've come a long way, but way back in the day, Ford used to mean fix off and repair daily, which may actually apply now to Ben. Ah, well, <laughs> there you go. I like it. Um, so, but... Uh, it Alan also could mean did... found on road dead, but that's a little morbid. Uh, oh, <laughs> hopefully not. Um, Alan did join us for uh, one of our previous episodes, talking all about Sledgehammer, and that's what this podcast is all about. It's a spotlight reflection TV show, and we are talking about a TV show from the 80s called Sledgehammer. Uh, we're on episode nine currently. That's what we're going to be talking about tonight. But you episode did join nine. it. Yes. Oh. <laughs> you know it's episode nine we're talking about. I know, it's just good. Good, that's what I watched. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Fucking hell. 
But you did join us for episode seven, which was uh, titled All Shook Up, um, which um, that was, I know you do follow us and you mm-hmm. do watch the episodes uh, once we've recorded them. So, you know, you're kind of keeping up because you, you'd never previously heard of Sledgehammer or hadn't watched it. I originally. had, but I had never watched it. Okay. Uh, so it's good that you are, um, you know, watching them as we record them. But now you're part of it as well, which is cool. I really enjoyed being able to do some notes in this way again, and uh, looking forward to chatting about Magnum Force. 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 I cannot speak, apparently. I should go back to drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes. So this particular episode uh, comes from Series 1, Episode 9. And um, now I always like to have a little bit of uh, fun with this. This was originally released in the US of A um, on the 22nd of November, 1986. Um, do you want to know when it was released in West Germany? <laughs> of all places. Can we, can we guess? You can guess, of course. I'm going to say the 18th of October, 1989. Oh, I was going to say 89, but let me give a different date. March. March 13th, 89. Okay. You're a little bit out. It was the 26th of February, 1988. Oh, <laughs> we, we, we overshot by one year. We did. Uh, and I have a date for the UK. I think one of the previous episodes we looked at, it was like they didn't have a UK date, but they had uh, an Ireland date for some reason. I'm not sure why. Um, but yeah, they have got actually a UK release date for this one, which was guess when? The fifth of January, 1988. I'm sticking with 88. Ooh. What's it sticking? Uh, let's see. For the UK, you saw it. Um. I like 88, but we will say October of 88. Ooh, you you write both right for the year. So it was the 13th of March, 1988. Oh, see, I had March, but the wrong uh, country. There we go. So Very weirdly, <laughs> I was supposed to be born on the 13th of March. Okay. What happened? But, well, I came out early. Oh, did you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Turns out my mother's womb was not a place of comfort. <laughs> oh, well, there you are. Um, well, we're glad you're here anyway. How many days early were you? Uh, ten weeks. Wow. Ten weeks? Yes. Fucking hell. Seriously? Wow. That's yeah, a preemie. Yeah, I was basically a sperm still. I'm going to have to remember to... You know, I've already, I've already written up my script for the other show, but from now on, I'm going to be calling you Adam Preemie Perry. <laughs> I like it. I like it Jesus. a lot. The, wow. How much did you weigh? Um, I came out... Uh, I came out at... Just over three pound. Um, Holy then crap. a few weeks later, some dipshit came into. Apparently, went into the um, room of incubators. What do they call it? Like neonatal unit, and um, with flu, and uh, everyone, all the early babies got ill. I think one of them died, and I went down to two pound eight. Fuck! Wow. wow. Yeah, same weight as my penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wow. That's- that's well, amazing. Yeah. I never knew that. Well, not about your penis. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing too. But no, that, that's something I don't think I knew about you, considering no. we've been speaking for the past, oh God, what, seven, six or seven years? Um, uh, it's, it's not the sort of thing someone drops into conversation, unless you happen to be recording a, yeah. a podcast about episode nine of series one of Sledgehammer. <laughs> you, know, you know what's amazing? He dropped to uh, 2.8 pounds, and that's what he now has for his member. I'm at 2.8, so Adam and I have something in common. Unfortunately, mine's ounces, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, wow. Well, well done you for surviving. That's amazing. Um, Thank you. I, I know. <laughs> 
I know my life would have been a little bit uh, duller without you being in it, Adam. Oh, so there you, you go. soppy twat. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, isn't it? Thing um, we we will oh, talk about. Stage, I almost I made you. a very sorry. I always made a very crass joke. Then oh, I'm glad I didn't. Oh, well, you kind of got to now, haven't you? Well, I said soppy twat, and I was going to say just that was that was the reason I fell out of my mum. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> wow. oh god. Um, I well, that's the, the <laughs> part. Not, not your mum's twat. Um, well, what I was going to I was going to ask like because obviously in America um, they don't say twat. They say twat. Don't they? Twat, like it's t- yeah. twat. Yeah. Uh, which I always find hilarious. I don't know why. It's just. Uh, but anyway, just thought I'd just bring that up because we can do that with you on the show, Alan. You can talk mm-hmm. about these Amer- Americanisms and things. I think last time we spoke about um, the you know the the, the funny sort of like code we, that you have on telephones and stuff. Oh yeah. We d- I didn't we know you have... did, you guys didn't know that that we spell words phonetically for phone numbers. Yes, well, there you are. Brilliant. Um, now, Sledgehammer, um, it's a TV show, just a very quick recap, that I watched when I was a kid, used to record it when it was on very late at night on um, on Central uh, or ITV for people who know th- th- what that is in the UK region. I think we've said this before, Alan, that we only used to have four TV channels when I was a kid growing up. Um, and then we had an additional one um, with Channel 5, but that came, well, blimey, that's, that's not even that old, really. But we had satellite TV and all that kind of stuff. But yes, think about that, kids. There's only, well, four TV channels at one point in, in life. Um, so I don't know where I was going with that. But anyway, <laughs> do you have a synopsis for this episode, Adam? What? <laughs> really? You always act surprised. I, yes. Well, this... You never... Oh, you tit. Um, um, ooh, it right, generally okay. is your job from my listening of the show. <laughs> yeah, but there's no such thing as a... As, oh, my... Right, okay, right. Um, <laughs> Make it up. Um, yes, um, Sledgehammer is in mortal danger as he becomes embroiled in, an, in a... Devious underground vigilante group who are murdering ex-cons justice well there you are very good couldn't have said it better myself i don't think um i probably could but uh how many pages of notes have you made on this particular episode i'll go with uh, adam first well i've got the typical sledgehammer two and a half see i I did uh one two three four and a paragraph four pages and a paragraph i know a four Yes, that's crazy. That's that's just as many as I did for Condor Man, for God's Honestly, sake. Honestly, you're a sneaky bastard, you. There you were last show going, oh, you always do the same amount of notes in a sledgehammer thing, and then you go and double it. Well, there you are. I don't know why. I just, uh, yeah. I, I, pfft, anyway, I know you do it a little bit differently, don't you, Alan? It's, yeah. It's so annoying when you pair on the show, because I keep having to stop myself from, make sure I get your names right. It's because, oh, damn you and your names beginning with A. Anyway. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, remembering two words must be quite the trick. <laughs> it's a lot. I get it. <laughs> well, I get my my own daughter's names mixed up, for God's sake. You know, I call them the wrong names. I don't know if, well, you got four daughters Mm-hmm. Alan, God, see, I did it then. I have to pause every time I say your name. So, yeah, do, do you ever do that? Do you sometimes call them by their wrong names? I, I did every now and then. It was the old Bill Cosby joke where he'd be like, come here, you, you, and you better not lie to me because I'm going to eventually figure out who you are, okay? Uh, but I do that worse with my dogs because we have three dogs. We're so, 
unique with our names. We have three of our five dogs all have L words. So we've got a Lola, we've got a Lila, and we've got a Lucy. And when I start getting angry at them, who knows what comes flying out. So Awesome. Well, there you go. I'm glad that you've got a dog named after my daughter. That's fantastic. <laughs> She's a great dog. She's my favorite. I love Lucy. And also, like that, you've mentioned Bill Cosby as well. Well, you know. Well, he's free now, so we're congratulations. All out. Yeah, well done. <laughs> ding ding, you win. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, um, yes. Yeah, so you do your notes slightly differently, don't you? I uh, do. So I've been. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted. No, that's fine. I was going to say. So how, how how have you done them, or what have you done with them this I, time? I always type my notes because since I could learn to use a keyboard, I I always hated my handwriting. My hand would cramp up. I could never write faster than I could think. So typing, I'm a lot better. Um, I have two full pages of typed notes. Oh, wow, there you go. Uh, see, but to oh, be clear, every one of my notes, I do a double space between, and I put the timestamp so I know where it falls in the script or the in the in the episode. So if we all watch the same episode you should any of my notes you could say oh i'm gonna go to minute 235 and this is what it says or two minutes and 57 seconds or whatever Mm. and i will tell you i wrote a little bit more than i did for the last one when we did the uh, elvis one i had one and a half so i actually have a little bit more i have two full pages there you go well like i said i think we uh, established the last episode that alan is much more professional than you or i adam oh absolutely Uh, so time uh, time stamps (laughs) (laughs) I know. What that really means in another language is I'm a little more anal, which could also mean something else for this crew, so be careful. <laughs> uh, just to let you into a, well, a little secret, if I could, I would type up my notes, um, but I know that that would annoy Adam, so I don't. <laughs> uh, fucking hell, so it's my fault is what you're saying. <laughs> but I can tell you, I don't know if, if there's a way for you to tell how many words, or I don't know if you've ever typed your notes in to know kind of how many, but my... Word, you know, Microsoft is telling me this was 573 words in my notes. Wow, that's pretty good. Um, so, uh, as we've said before, starring David Raish as Inspector Sledgehammer, um, Anne-Marie Martin as... Uh, she's not an inspector, is she? I don't think. She's Detective. Detective. Dora Dero. Uh, Harrison Page as Captain Trunk. Those are the three recurring characters. Uh, in this episode, did you recognise anybody? Uh, yes. Ooh, did you? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I well, I recognised three people. Two, which I knew what movies they were from. One, I I knew that I'd seen them in something else, but I couldn't think what it was until I looked it up on IMDb. So, uh, who go? Who wants to go first? I'll go with uh, Alan. Who did you recognise in this episode? I recognised the two guys that uh, were the two cops initially. I knew the one guy, and by the way, I've written their names down, but of course I didn't write down their actor name next to their real name, so you'll have to check me on this. But the uh, one guy was in the movie Aliens. I recognized him immediately as the guy who played Drake. Uh And then the other guy was a guy that I've seen in soap operas and other kind of smarmy roles, but I knew both of the the two, quote, vigilantes that were uh, the, the primary vigilantes in the episode. So I recognized those two. I did not recognize anybody else. There you go. So, uh, are you in, on the same page as that one, uh, Adam? Um, yeah, Drake. I wrote down Drake, and I also put was he the was he the rapist in the Shawshank Redemption? Of my dreaming. Yes, that? he was. Ah, well, he, he was. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was Bons. the one that tried to. Yes, that's yes. there. You go. Yes. yes, the Shawshank bummer. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, he's a, an actor called Mark Ralston. Uh, he's been in loads of things that you'd have seen. And like you said, um, probably most well-known for um, playing Drake in um, 
in Aliens. Um, funnily enough, I look, again looked at his IMDb. So Aliens came out in 1986, and then so did this as well. So um, he did Aliens first, and then he was in Sledgehammer. So there you go. What a year he had in 1986. <laughs> hmm. um, and then you got David Leisure, who, who uh, plays the other officer, Officer Jackson. And now uh, he's one I seen him in something else but i couldn't think of what it was and again looking on imdb so he was one of the harry krishnas in airplane there you go <laughs> yeah but he was in other things he was definitely a soap actor and he was a, a lot of the like the what do you call it stock sort of almost a comic or goofy actor in movies at, at times i i saw him in and i'd have to look him up i didn't do the, the the due diligence like you did of looking up imdb i probably should have but um i did recognize him i recognized him not when he first talked, I had, but when he took his shades off, I was like, oh, I know that guy's face. But the very first time we see him, I did not recognize him off the bat. His voice sounded familiar, but I, didn't, I couldn't tell until I saw him with his glasses off. Mm. And then there was a third actor that I recognized from uh, one of our previous movie shows, Spotlight Movie Shows, um, Ooh. Adam. Oh, go on. Which, 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 which character was it? Well, I'll come to him in a minute because he oh, appears at, at the very beginning of the of the uh, episode. So, should we start? Should we get? Should we kick off? Yes, I think so. Right. So here we are then. So the episode starts off. I mean, the 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 the, um, the title of the episode is Magnum Farce. So for anybody who is a you know a, a Dirty Harry fan, Clint Eastwood, who's seen those movies, will know instantly that it's a take of Magnum Force. And I think we've established already that. You know, Sledgehammer himself is, is a bit of a parody of um, of uh, Dirty Harry, Harry Callahan, um, and then th- there's lots of parodies of other films that you know, like Witness, Witless, you know, and other things that they you know from the movie industry or whatever. So, I mean, it's no surprise that they uh, took essentially this the same type of plot or same plot lines of uh, from Magnum Force. Um, based on the character that he is. So, um, does that get you guys... Have, well, Alan, I know you would have done for 100%, but uh, do you guys have seen Magnum Force, I take mm-hmm. it? No. Well, and I love because it, it parodied the idea or satirized the idea of the vigilantes about the... I mean, it really took that whole idea of the of Magnum Force, the first sequel of the Dirty Harry movies, and uh, just built on it for the uh, for, for, for Sledgehammer. Yeah. So, so you've not seen Magnum Force, Adam? I have not seen Magnum Force. Wow. So that's interesting then. So obviously you wouldn't have got a lot of the, I suppose, the, the things that, that it takes from it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. or, or any of that. So uh, it's, it's okay. It's okay. I'm, I'm just waiting for this episode of Sledgehammer that does Dark Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, you and I would get every reference. Uh, yes. Yeah. I doubt. Well, yeah. <laughs> and Chris would be lost, lost as he always is. Still haven't seen that. Um, is it worth watching? With, with oh my, my god, kids? it's incredible. Yeah, is it worth? I know that they did a Netflix show, which I'd heard lots of good. Well, the about. Netflix is even more incredible because they were yeah. able to do a little bit of enhanced CGI, which is they used the puppets, but they could make the puppets blink, which was kind of a neat, just a very subtle use of CGI, the right way to do it. But it was fantastic. I, I, I'm so mad. Adam, Adam and I talked about this in our uh, WhatsApp channel. Both of us bummed when Netflix chose not to renew for a season two. A rid- At least not ridiculous yet. thing. A ridiculous thing. Yeah, I don't get that how that works because uh, it, I mean, um, oh God, what's that show with Timothy Oliphant and Drew Barrymore? Oh, oh uh, um, uh, Santa uh, Clarita uh, Diet. Yes. Yeah, Santa Clarita Diet. I absolutely love that. And then uh, why cancel it? it I mean, it, it's 
I mean, I guess they still have to work on ratings and stuff like that, but I don't see that... There's a difference for me between Netflix and, say, regular TV. I understand regular TV, why shows get cancelled, because they want people to tune into that particular channel. But it's fucking Netflix. It's like mm. people are going to be subscribed to Netflix regardless, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's Most people you, are. So you, you would, you'd like to believe that there'd be that one wing of Netflix that said, even if we don't make our money back here, this is art and it's okay. We'll make it up on, you know, the TNA kind of titty movies over here. Let's just go ahead and do something artistic. It is... I'm telling you, Chris, you've got to invest in not just the Age of Resistance season one. You've got to check out the original. I showed my daughter before Age of Resistance came out, my oldest daughter, who somehow never watched it when she was growing up. So she was 22 or 23. She said, I have never been more terrified of watching what I thought was going to be The Muppets. She said, it completely immersed me. After the first five minutes, I realized this is not my typical puppet kind of movie. And she got so into it. She's like, I'm going to have nightmares with what they're doing with the with the Skeksis and how they talk and how they treat the Gelflings. And you've got to see it. It is it is very much an adult movie. Mm. It's not okay. meant for kids. It really I know a lot of kid parents took their kids going. It's it's it's, uh, you know, Jim Henson. It's the guy who did Kermit the Frog. And it, it, don't go in there expecting Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy. You're not getting the Muppet show. Yeah, mm. definitely not. So that's, I think, probably why it passed me by a little bit because it came out when I was very young and uh, it wouldn't have been one that I would have been interested in going to the cinema to watch and then it just wouldn't, I wouldn't have watched it on VHS and I've just never watched it since. So um, it's a bit like things like Dirty Dancing. I've never seen Dirty Dancing. I've <sighs> seen bits of it, but I've never seen the whole <laughs> thing. Or you know, like, like those kind of iconic films from the 80s, you know, which people would have expected you to have watched, but for some reason have just passed me by. Like Twins was one of them up until very recently. What? I've never watched. At, but Adam, not- are you listening? This guy is now moving on to movies <laughs> that have no business being in the same conversation with The Dark Crystal. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to pick out I haven't watched of- Cheerleaders from Space either. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the let's ch- change the subject. So, <laughs> episode opens up um, with uh, a car... Uh, being pulled over by uh, a police officer who's on a motorcycle which is pretty much exactly the same as, as Magnum Force isn't it you know? mm-hmm. um, stops looks at asking for his license and registration all that kind of stuff now this is the, the guy in the car I'm surprised you didn't recognise him Adam well I just wrote down our... yeah, I just wrote down Barry Gibb gets shot um... <laughs> <laughs> okay right. um, yeah. so I'm thinking Beardy man, beardy man in a film, in a film that we've watched, one of our films that we've covered, Mr. Beard, beardy, beardy, beard. Uh, hmm. And talking about iconic films, he's he's very, very sort of like tiny piece of cinema history, I guess. But he's in, again, an iconic film with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, He gets asked for his clothes, his boots, his motorcycle. Does that ring any bells? So oh, is yes. that the guy that's the uh, the the guy in the bar that he ends up stealing his bike in T2? Yes. There you go. The guy who puts uh, the cigar out on Arnold's chest at first? There you go. And he also played... Um, he bulked up by the time he got to T2. <laughs> yeah. He played Mudfish in Stone Cold. Okay, fine. <laughs> I, I, forgot, I forgot we did Stone Cold. <laughs> oh, you love Stone Cold as well. I know, but I've got limited attention span. No, oh, fair enough. Well, I was, you know, you are you were a premature baby, I guess. So yes, exactly. Um, 
<laughs> Sorry, that was a low blow, wasn't it? Um, right. So yes, car pulls up and Copper asks him for uh, you know license registration, um, and um, shoots him uh, pretty much. And uh, you know he's lying. Which so this came in 1986. Robocop was 1987, so it wouldn't have they it wouldn't have been stolen from Robocop. But he says thank you for your cooperation, uh, which I thought was quite good. Um, no, is okay. You and I thought RoboCop afterwards when because the way he delivers it, I was like, oh my god, are they taking it from a movie? The way he said it, and I was like, well, no, because the movie I thought of was ironically T two, when the T one thousand would say thank you for your cooperation, and I was like, ironically, we got this actor from T two, but then I thought, no, no, it must be RoboCop, but you've just debunked that. There you go. Mm. Um, I remember nineteen eighty seven very well because I. Um, uh, so I came. I came out. <laughs> I was born. Let me let me rephrase that. In uh, 1976, so 1987 was a good year for me because she got Predator and RoboCop that came out on VHS, and uh, I watched them lots and lots. But that's a story for another show, I guess. Mm. Um, and that one of the things that I thought was quite good about it is, is um, he puts on the. So you see those little tags that people have we had them when we had the uh, younger people um why why did you have them because uh, it's a thing you do isn't it please tell me you had them alan no um, oh no. god okay, i was me. very why? much of the george carlin school of like what is the, what what the hell am i supposed to do that baby on board what you're basically saying is i need you to fucking step up and drive better because my child's within your eyesight so you know what i said fuck you and hit him <laughs> <laughs> exactly Weird, mm, yeah. weird thing. Little princess on board. Ugh. Baby on board. Child in car. How about we have a real sign? Ignorant asshole at the wheel. Yeah. Much better. <laughs> Old cunt driving. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry. We did have a couple of those. But uh, with this one, anyway. You have one for each child, back. did you? Probably. <laughs> oh. oh. He uh, he puts on the same type of thing, uh, but it says body on board, which I quite liked. <laughs> um, I will say, having known where that came from at that time, how big that was to put those little, you know, caution symbols on the car, that was funny that he puts a body on board. Yeah. Uh, and then we go to Hammer's apartment, and he's, um, he's well, he must have just got it at the shower, because he's got a towel around him, but as we've established in previous episodes, he always wears his holster in the shower, wherever. He's he's always got his holster on. Uh, but he's drying his hair with a little gun-shaped hair dryer, which I thought yeah. was quite now, cute. My first two notes here were back-to-back. For the, for the, I, I recognize the shoulder holster only after I go, why is he wearing a bra? <laughs> Because <laughs> it looked like the strap around his back. I was like, okay, he's wearing a towel. I was like, is he wearing a bra? And then I realized it wasn't. It wasn't. It was his shoulder holster. But that—that that was my first note. Is is that a bra? And then I loved on the radio when you hear uh, there have been uh, the murder of three felons in the past month. He's like, ah, it's a good start to the morning. <laughs> like he was happy hearing the news. Yeah. Um, and uh, so then um, he go. We go into police station so it's, it's moved in the space of what probably a minute and a half we've we've gone to three three locations already uh in the police it's like, station yeah, it's like and, condor man isn't it 
It, it is, yes. Well, and uh, there's a, a woman who is um, complaining lots. You know, hmm. she's been waiting for a while. Uh, she's in the police station, and the, the she asks for the police officers' names behind the desk, and they'll give her false names, don't they? Um, mm-hmm. And that then um, she well, sees, that sets says, it up for the joke, which I. Re- I will tell you right now. I'm going to give. A, I'm going to. I've got this note several times. In general, the writing on this episode so blows away the Elvis one. I just kept mm. grinning the whole time, and the whole joke about giving two fake names before coming in. You know, because you, you do things in threes, right? So by the time we get to Sledgehammer and he gives his name, she's thinking that's also a fake name, which was a great little joke. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was. I, I, I totally agree with you. I think that the right, writing in this episode, because Sledgehammer's been on thin ice the last couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, it had a really strong start, and then the last two episodes, we've sort of been wavering a little bit, I think, considering yeah. maybe switching over to something new. That's fair to say, isn't it, Adam? Yeah, not necessarily binning it, but maybe just sort of putting it on ice for a little bit. Mm. Yeah. It hasn't done, any, hasn't done anything nefarious yet, but... Your last episode, Adam, I think you said that's like strike two. You know, we're not out yet, but, you know, you got to be careful. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, good to see that, like I said, the writing was on point for this one. But, uh, yeah, so any, anyway, there's a conversation about, you know, like you said, uh, she questions his name uh, because she doesn't believe it's real. But then, you know, she uh, hears that he's going to go and see the captain. Um, but and she says, you know, can I, I'm going to go with you. And he says, right, you can do what you want. And um, it's that old thing, isn't it, about where he walks into the men's room and she follows. Well, she goes to follow him into it, um, thinking that he's off to see the captain, which, again, I thought was quite witty, quite good. Great uh, joke. Let me ask you this, because you guys watch all of these to much more detail, because I follow them up after to kind of just keep up with the show. This was the first time I remember, and it wasn't steady cam yet, because they didn't have it, or at least not to the degree that it would keep it from shaking a little, but this was definitely handheld camera work, but I loved it. I loved the, the use of it in this scene, kind of moving around in the police station and then following him down the hallway. And that way it hid the fact that you couldn't see what was written on the door until the door closes. I thought it was brilliant. It was just Mm. really well shot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Again, we move along into Trunk's office now. Um, And uh, he's talking to Dory. Trunk is uh, Dory DeRoe about uh, the murders and what's going on. Um, And it's revealed that there's a new district attorney. Now, did you cotton on to the fact that she 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 hasn't been announced as the district attorney at this point? But did you think that, oh, she's the new district attorney? I didn't. Adam? Possibly, I thought possibly. Well, yeah, because she's she's a power dresser, isn't she? She's power dressing from the eighties. Yeah, and sorry, I thought you were going to go somewhere else with that as well. <laughs> no, no, just just you know, big big square shoulders, lots of uh, geometric shapes, big old glasses, hair up. Yeah, power dresser. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's complaining about hammer. Um, uh, and because she's in, in the room as well, and he walks in. Now I had to rewind this a couple of times because I wasn't quite sure what he says because he doesn't notice that she's standing in the room as well. But um, he says something like, um, "Hitler's widow's looking for you." Yes. <laughs> did you guys get that? Yes. Not only that, but did you catch his next line? Because I Go listened on. to it like seven times just to make sure he doesn't say, "Oh, I see you found her." She said, oh, I see you found him. Uh, As if saying him, like once again, another slap in her face. She, he doesn't say him with a with a hard H. It's like E-M, like apostrophe. I f- oh, I see you found him. Uh, and I thought that was hysterical. First, 
hey, Captain, Hitler's widow's out there looking for you. Oh, I see you found him. <laughs> it, was, it was great. It was, I was rolling. I wrote that down word for word. I listened to it over and over because I thought that was just fantastic. Mm. Yeah, I did. I rewound that. I was like, wow. I mean, you know, because generally they they play it safe with a lot of the dialogue, but referring to her as Hitler's widow, fair enough. Um, well, and the thing uh, is, we even get an example of what what kind of a pretentious bitch she is, not just from the front counter, but when she corrects herself when he says Miss Collins, and she's like, that's Ms. Like, she wants y- it pronounced with Zs, not Ss. Yes, and there's another good line coming up uh, shortly. Which, and, by the way, anyway. yeah, I, yeah, I was going to say, that's a perfect setup for later. Yes. Uh, Woman DA, uh, which, again, Sledge isn't overly enamored with because, you know, we know his thoughts on on women and and general. Um, And then he starts making cracks about her perfume. You know, did you spray it on with a crop duster? (laughs) (laughs) I was laughing so hard. I I loved it. Every one of his lines were were just just spot on in this episode. Mm. Which, again links into a later reveal in the episode. So I think, generally speaking, although the writing was also funny, but it it, ha- it sort of had a theme to it as well. It linked into later, you know. So And I think that's the, sort of the, a lot of the best comedy, for me anyway, is in terms of the writing, where you get that long joke as well. You know what I mean? There's, and there's things that sort of link into earlier things that happened, which I quite well, liked. And again, not, not meaning to point back to the last time I was on, but all the Elvis jokes... They were either right there and that's it, or you could predict what was coming. Every one of the jokes that would circle back around was so natural when they would use it in a different way. You completely forgot about it until you're like, oh, that's what that's what the earlier joke was about. I, I Again, brilliant writing in this episode. Hmm. Uh, and so she's there because of all the murders and uh, that she wants a criminal who's next uh, on the list or being targeted uh, to be protected uh, and Hammer is basically just happy that criminals are being killed which is you know is uh, <laughs> is quite pleased about um, and obviously you know he's got to do this job which he's not happy about um, and again she's kind of correcting his use of Ms. Collins mm. um, and by the way I know I know you like to kind of summarize but I got I, we're skipping over a couple of my notes I want to get to quickly if I can go 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 I yeah. loved the joke about when she said, you know, they've already killed three of them. And he's like, so? <laughs> yeah. And then she goes, don't you understand? He goes, or, what, what, what kind of a problem this is? He goes, why? Did some of them live? Like, like <laughs> he doesn't understand. What's the problem here? We're getting rid of the bad guys. I, I, I don't get it. And he had such a perfect look of bewilderment at what she's describing as a problem. And I thought it was, again, spot on. It wasn't overplayed. It wasn't too much. It wasn't, it, it wasn't slapstick or anything where it was stupid humor it was actually really really smart hmm. yeah it was um i mean did, did you find all this quite amusing adam oh yeah no no it was it was uh at this point on point with, with its humor it was uh much sharper than it's been recently yeah and again we said with the look of bewilderment it was it was it seemed his look was genuine bewilderment yeah. as his character he was just like, it, it wasn't him what's being what's the big deal yeah, he's he's been an arsehole in a couple of episodes. He just comes across you know, an actual genuine arsehole, whereas this one he's just more of a bewildered. He's more of a mm-hmm. bewildered, bewildered idiot who's just out of place rather than rather than being mean, mean spirited. Right, right. 
Um, and so she leaves the office and uh, says, a good day, Mr. Hammer. And he goes, that's Murr. Uh, <laughs> which again, I thought was quite good. It was great and not, and not expected at all. I, was, no. I had no idea that that was going to come up. But the fact that it's just a nonsense word, it was even funnier. That's yeah. Murr. <laughs> um, next, next scene, look at the computer, trying to get some details about this guy, this criminal that they've got to go and look, look after. Um, now, I didn't make too many notes about this, but there's basically there's a big sort of deal about he's he's in a massage parlor and you know mm-hmm. oh he's there's thousands of those um actually something like oh it's actually no it's it is a genuine massage parlor oh there's only probably a handful so something like that which yeah, implies three. that yeah it, it implies that massage parlors are just you know places where you get additional extras if you pay right. willing to pay you get the happy endings right yes yeah <laughs> i it's so funny i wrote that exact note down where he says oh Oh, well, there's only about three of those. <laughs> That's it. Like, oh, okay, that'll be easy to find. Yeah, which is good. Um, and um, cool, considering he's a bit of a sleazy fucker, this uh, this criminal that's there. I'm surprised he's in one of the supposedly reputable ones, but still. Um, so, yeah, they go to the massage parlour. There's a woman hanging upside down from one of those weird contraptions. What, what do they do? I don't get them. Are they supposed to in, do something for your back? Or? So this was big in the 80s, and it's come back around with now what we call inversion tables. Before it was about stretching your spine and it was good for people that had bad backs or lower backs you could stretch your spine out my wife actually has an inversion table mm-hmm. and a lot of times when uh older clients of hers have a, a, a from just age and time when your discs start to compress uh sitting upside down for a few minutes at a time three four times a day can actually help relieve the strain of that pressure on your lower back so that's still around today they just put them on a table rather than just dangling off of a, of a bar you actually have some a support that you can uh, lean up against but yeah we actually have something very similar mm. um and it works by the way my, i have a lower back issue thanks to my time in the navy and every now and then when it gets a little wonky just sitting upside down for about two three minutes at a time and it's kind of fun too if you go too fast they say don't go too fast backwards and I'm like well, of course i do it like a kid and it feels like i'm doing somersaults and it's awesome but um no it actually really relieves the pressure on your back Oh, there you go. Um, you've got a bad back, haven't you, Adam? It's not the best. It, it has its moments, have, yeah. Have you, ever, have you ever tried anything like that? I never have, uh, but it sounds in, intriguing. Mm. I'd give, I'd give I'll that make a sure to send, I'll send a picture uh, off air to you, Adam, sometime so you can see if there's something you can get. Because I think my wife ordered one from like Amazon or something, so they're, they're around. It's not like it's archaic. Or it's just not, it's not a bar like this anymore. So I can probably get... In, um, I could probably get a Chinese one off Amazon for about five quid, but the problem is they'll only be like three foot long. <laughs> <laughs> what? The, my worry is that if if you went on it, how can you get yourself back upright if somebody's not there to help you? Oh, that's the cool thing. Okay, so uh, you can't. I'm not going to get into the physics of the inversion table, but if you literally bring your arms down and you, the weight of your arms instead of being above your head, but pull them down. If you've got it balanced and set right, it'll it'll really start to bring you up level, and then you can pull yourself around from the rest of the way because you're laying actually on a table. This one's harder. This one you have to actually do the pull up and then bring your arms up and lock your the little hooks. If you remember, um, I was gonna say if you if you remember the original first Batman with Tim Burton with yes. Michael Keaton, yeah. yeah, he was doing the same thing when he was kind of sleeping up, but obviously the, the the parallel to being a bat sleeping you know upside down hanging by his feet, but same thing. Mm. 
Yeah, that's just after he shagged um, Kim Basinger, I think, or mm-hmm. Kim Basinger. Um, anyway, not that I remember that scene particularly well. But um, so then they they're in this massage parlor, and they say there's this woman hanging upside down, uh, asks for the ID of them, um, but because she's upside down, she can't see their faces very well. So initially, he puts his ID badge upside down, still can't figure out it's him. So then he has to physically turn his head to sort of match her viewpoint, which I thought was quite well done again. Exactly. Um, I, th- I thought this is going to be a dumb joke, and yet it worked. It was just quaint enough that it worked because the camera was also upside down from her point of view, which made it perfect. Yes. Yeah. Um, and now we're about to go into a steam room, and Dory's <laughs> saying, you know, we need to get changed. We can't go in there with our clothes on. Um, but Hammer's all Hammer, you know, and just, well... But can stop. I tell you, as you're setting this up, I never understood where the joke was going to be. I, I, it was never telegraphed to me until the joke showed itself. Yeah, no, I, I thought something different than what was actually hap- ends up happening. Oh, really? See, mm-hmm. it's one of those things. I remember early St- Starsky and Hutch episodes where I think it may have been the pilot episode, in fact, where they go um, to see an informant or a, a criminal of some or something like that. I think it's a mob boss because there's a hit been put on them. Uh, I used to love Starsky and Hutch. And... Um, they actually go into a sauna, and they have to. They they think this is where the joke came from for the from the movie, which I wasn't really a big fan of, but still, where they have to they put on these little towels um, around, and they, but they've got the the guns like the holsters and stuff, stuff you know, and whatever. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, so they go in fully clothed into the steam room. By the way, have you guys ever been into a steam room? Yes, I have been uh, not a steam room per se, but uh, the gym I used to go to had a a hot room. Um, I, I, it was just really hot. It was um. But it wasn't a. It didn't have this much kind of. It wasn't that moist. Right. Okay. Um, Adam, you have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, uh, used to go to centre parks uh, in the summer when I was young um, with my mates, and you'd have a day swimming, and then you'd go into the hot room with the rocks, which was just hot, and then you'd nip next door uh, to the to the steam room, and then you'd sit in there for ages, just before you were about to die, you'd walk outside and then jump in a really really cold pool mm. see I've, I've, ne- I've, I've tried one a couple of times but i'm just they, i don't know i just don't feel comfortable in them I, don't, I mean i guess they're supposed to open up your pores and things like that and i guess but well it's really good if you've done a hard workout so your muscles are still warm and hope the idea being it kind of helps them kind of rest more easily so they don't maybe feel so much soreness the next day or two but i don't know I, i'm kind of like you after about five minutes i'm like it's hot in here i'm ready to go home yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, they're talking to this criminal. Like I said, he's a bit of a sleazy bastard. Um, and, uh, you know, what have I done wrong? You were born, scum sucker. Which <laughs> is a cool line. I like that. Um, and so they um, then they get a call um, from the, the reception, you know, over the, the, the you know, the speaker or whatever. So um, they go outside. Oh, let me ask you a question, though, because before that, there's one joke where the, the, the criminal says, why me when they say you've been targeted for killing? He's like, why me? And he goes, I guess they couldn't find Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, I think, I mean, I know Pee Wee Herman, but I've never watched any of the Pee Wee Herman so stuff. I'm assuming the joke at the time was because Pee Wee Herman was kind of annoying and you either liked him or hated him. But uh-huh. all I kept thinking of was, well, the actor Paul Rubens actually got arrested for indecent exposure in an adult film house back in 1991. Unfortunately, it was after this episode, but it's ironic that they mentioned him being somebody who might be in the crosshairs of the police or somebody being targeted for being a bad guy or a criminal, but uh, they hadn't had that happen yet. But I couldn't help it because my memory 
Paul Rubens, I knew, got busted for uh, indecent exposure at an adult film. Mm. He was in that film Mystery Men as well, wasn't he? I think, I seem to remember. Um, but yeah, I've never seen any Pee Wee Herman. I take it you have, Alan. Since he's more my kids used to watch the show, but I never saw Pee Wee's Big Adventure, which ironically was another Tim Burton movie. But I've, it's one that I never saw. A lot of people say it's it's fantastic, but just never brought myself to watch it. Yeah, because that had the Netflix thing. Talking about Netflix as well, didn't it? Uh, sort of resurgence, I guess, recently. Um, I think Tina said that she liked it, um, whereas Dave didn't. Yeah. Adam, have you ever seen? Any nope. Herman? Not one no. second. No, me either. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, they come out of the steam room. Now, I'm interested to see what your th- thoughts were on this, you know, wh- where you thought the joke was going. Because I kind of, well, I remembered it anyway. I remember this episode. But, uh, you know, they go into a steam room, so the clothes are going to shrink. That's exactly what I thought was going to happen. Um, see, so- I had no clue at all. I kept thinking, is it going to be that their hair is going to, like, go poofy? Or are they going to have, like, their clothes stick to them? Or they can't, you know... I thought it was all going to be about being sweaty and sticky. I had no clue about when we came out that their clothes would have shrunk. Yeah, I th- I thought it was just going to be they were gradually going to get wetter, like uh, Ted Stryker when he's trying to land in airplane. That's exactly where I was. But that so her skirt, I mean, it's shorter anyway. But so that it shrinks to a point where he makes a comment that if it gets any shorter, you're not going to be able to pin your badge. Um, and then also, <laughs> he's, um, he's but then he follows it up. Yeah, he's but his trousers have shrunk as well. But, but do you remember so, what he said after? You're not going to have any place to pin your badge. And then he goes, "Well, you you could have a place, but it might hurt." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, but you yeah, know what? Anyway. I saw that. I will tell you this. DeRose got great legs. Oh, she, yeah. I Well, see, this is the thing, see, and, and I guess we'll talk about this later on when we get to a, a particular scene with the uh, the DA, um, that watching Sledgehammer at this point in my life, you know, sort of, well, what would I have been, about, you know, 10, 11, starting to discover those feelings about myself and seeing Dory, you know, like you said, usually wears short skirts. She's got great legs. There's like there's a few stirrings, I think. Um, oh, when she turned that corner, it almost I almost thought she's not wearing pants, not wearing anything anyway, because the yeah. coat came down to the edge of the hem anyway. I was like, oh my god, look at that! Actually, I think I did pause it for a moment and said, because mm. I'm an adult now and I appreciate that. Mm, there you go. Um, um, but this call that they get is a distraction. Um, because there are two cops now, and they go into the steam room. Now, the, the other thing as well is that they're only in the steam room for like a minute, <laughs> and their clothes have shrunk, uh, which I thought was quite amusing. But still, so these two cops go into the steam room. I'm guessing they aren't affected by the, the steam so that their clothes aren't going to shrink. Um, but they shoot the crook uh, off screen. You don't see it, obviously, because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's a, a PG TV show. Um, and then they go back in. And he's still alive. He's got no marks on him whatsoever. No, no. I wrote uh, that. But, Where's the blood? Yeah. yeah. Where's the gunshot? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, although okay. there yeah. was a joke right before that, which again, well-written joke. When they said, "Well, whoever it was, they just hung up," because she's like the girl behind the counter. I was just hanging up, and it was the same girl that was hanging when they first came in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, like you said, loads of little sort of jokes and things thrown in constantly in this episode. Um, but yeah, so Hammer goes in. Like I said, Dory, he won't let Dory in because of the risk of her skirt getting any shorter. Um, <laughs> and uh, he starts to question this criminal who's still alive, um, but he can't speak for some reason. Maybe he got and shot so, in the throat. 
well, yeah. So they have this game of shards, which I thought was awesome. Um, and he, he's trying to point like two. He's putting his fingers up, um, like in in the Winston Churchill sign. So he goes victory. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's fun. You know, oh, I can't help it because of our first season of uh, the Wilder Ride. I kept thinking, is this an homage a little bit back to Young Frankenstein playing charades? Uh, well, see, that's going back to what I was saying earlier on about iconic films that I've never seen. Now, I had I watched that a few years ago, but I never saw it until up until recently because, again, it would have passed me by when I was a kid. But uh, anyway, that's another story. That was uh, great, though, by the way. I loved every bit. Now, that was definitely more of the slapstick kind of humor, but I was rolling watching it. It was. And Adam, to your point. Sledgehammer was trying to figure it out, but it was in a likable, charming way, not in an asshole, I'm a dick way. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's profound. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I thought you were going somewhere with that. Um, But yeah, so... um, I open the door and he fucking doesn't come in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But in the end, the the criminal gets... um, fed up of, of Hammer's attempts to try and guess what he's trying to say. Uh, so he just goes, he sort of like does the motion of, oh, forget it, and then keels over and dies. dies. Uh, but then Hammer carries on. He's like, oh, but you're dead. You're playing dead. Oh, no, you're, you're actually dead. <laughs> um, so, yeah, go back to Trunk's office, and um, uh, Trunk suspects that it's a cop or it's cops that are involved because of the ammunition that they found on the um uh all the, the casing shells uh, i got a ca- huge issue with this oh go on ooh, then ooh. huge issue now this is the only what i would call writing hole and by a hole i mean you could drive a semi through it every gun we've seen fired has been a revolver every one there's no way a shell casing was on the ground left behind unless the criminal or the cop in this case specifically opened the chamber and emptied it on the ground. Ah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Look at that eye to detail. But then, you know, you're American as well, so you're all obsessed with guns, <laughs> I do know my you? guns. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to have a huge issue here with the uh, the shell casing as well. I mean, yeah. uh, if you're talking spud guns, then I'm your man, but anything with real ammunition. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Did you, do have, do you have spud guns in America? Potato guns? Yeah, absolutely. We've talked about that before. Loved fire, like having potato gun wars and ro- bottle rocket wars and stuff. Yeah, we were really stupid when we were kids. Yeah, yeah. They, I, I well, don't know if they sell them anymore, but they wouldn't get away with it anymore, would they? No. You know, health and safety <laughs> and all that bullshit. Um, but yes, so anyway, they're in sorry, Trunk's office, uh, suspects that it's cops. Now, Hammer does this thing with one of the, the shell casings, bites it. Like, I'm guessing he's sniffing a fine wine, a cork yes. from a mm-hmm. fine wine. Um, tells him everything there is to know about this particular bullet. Um, and Trunk is quite impressed, I think, reluctantly. Uh, and Hammer goes, well, try it, try it. So he does. <laughs> uh, he bites the bullet. but And it's like there's a little pop. Um, because, oh, you've just discovered there's still some powder left in that particular bullet. <laughs> I was so taken off guard by this joke. I was not expecting it. And when it happened, I burst out laughing. I was like, (laughs) like it was like a a load in a cigar you expect or something. But that was funny. That was a funny gag. 
Yeah. Now, and again, nice little bit of writing with this because uh, I think Trunk says something like, you know, these cops are judge, jury, and executioner. And Hammer goes, wow, they're putting him for a lot of overtime. Uh, <laughs> I got that, that cool. written down. <laughs> um, hey, so, I, one thing back, when he starts talking about the bullet, this is where I've got a, another issue. Ooh, he said go. it came from a 38 special, in fact, a police issue 38, a 38 special, probably 1984. And he has a joke about a lot happened that year. I have a huge issue because every time we've seen the gun, they've been these long-barreled, almost 357s. The 38 Special was a very short, snub-nosed pistol. So even though they wrote the line, and it was funny as a written line, the guns that they actually were drawn, uh, that we've seen them fire both in the first uh, shooting at the side of the road and then in the sauna, those were long-barreled handguns. They were still revolvers, but they were not 38 Specials. You know what? When I was looking on IMDb earlier on, um, that is in the, the actual trivia as well. There you go. So, well done you. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, we wouldn't have got that because, like I said... No, no, we might we have. Don't. Would you? No, no, no. no <laughs> not in a million years. No, but well done. Um, so, yeah, and then... Um, uh, Trunk, you know, says to Hammer that they have to pretend that Hammer is going to be a, a bad cop so he can go undercover, uh, essentially, you know, and get accepted or invited into this particular group. Um, uh, but what they're going to have to do is Hammer, you know, suggests, well, let's start a fight. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, so they do. And they start having this fake fight in front of everybody in the squad room. Um, and Dory's there watching it. And but they I mean, it's it's funny, but it's daft at the same time, isn't it? Because it's like, well, they're having this fight. They're talking to each other, um, and and Trunk's saying, "Yeah, pull your punches," and and Hammer's like, "You need to give me more to work off of." And you know, it's it ends it, well. It basically ends up with Hammer um, knocking out uh, Trunk, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, which but yeah, he, yeah. He kind of he, he was expecting him to pull his punch a little bit, but he didn't. So. Well, the best line though ahead of that. And I think it's actually calling almost like it's an inside joke to the show itself is when Sledgehammer says, don't you know anything about good acting? And Trunk goes, enough to know this isn't it. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, you guys are commenting on the show. That is awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's fantastic because we're watching them do the show. They're pretending to do this bit. And yet, don't you know anything about good acting? Enough to know this isn't it. It was, I loved it. And you missed uh, before that, before they decided to do the fight. We've got to have his 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 uh, his tagline. Yeah. We have uh, we have a trust me, I know what I'm doing. Alert at ten seconds and uh, ten minutes and two seconds into the episode, he says his tagline. Awesome. Yes, because he, he didn't say it for a few episodes, did he? Which you yeah. know, I was kind of expected him to say every episode, um, but he didn't. Uh, but yes, so he knocks him out, spark out across the table. Dory's not happy. You know, calls him an animal. You know, you're as bad as the um, as these vigilantes. Uh, but she didn't say that. So and and Hammer's like, can you say that a bit louder? Then <laughs> <laughs> he does it for her. <laughs> Yeah, um, and it just so <laughs> happens that the two vigilantes are watching and um, make a comment of something like, oh, this could be our next recruit. Um, and then we get cut to an advert because, uh, you know, fade to black. Um, yeah, that was good. Adam, you, uh, you did you like all of that? Yes. Yeah, no, no, I, d- I did. I did. I was glad to see the catchphrase back. I was glad of the... Uh... The commentary between the two of them as they were fighting because it, it, it was the it was the right level of farcical. 
yeah and part one for me was fantastic i loved it i thought it was great you know um it was it was a real sort of return to form so i was looking forward to part two you know what i mean uh which was good um so anyway part two and uh we're again we're in trunk's office and um trunk's got like an ice pack to his jaw uh, and Hammer's there talking to him, um, and you know they, uh, they sort of said, uh, well, he says, "Oh, I ha- I had a note from the um, from pushed under my door." Um, so we get we get to see the note, uh, which it says, "Sledgehammer, we like you. Um, best wishes, the vigilantes." <laughs> and then Sledgehammer says, "I think the vigilantes are trying to contact me." <laughs> Which I wrote that down. I wrote, he's saying the line. It's like, it's actually signed by, quote, the vigilantes. <laughs> What's the, did that? A, is that the clue that you're having a hard time making sure you decipher? Like, I think they're trying to contact me. Yeah, that was good. Um, uh, but they And they might be watching them right now. Um, so he takes another swing at Trunk, which was quite funny because he wasn't <laughs> expecting it. Um, and... And then, then there's like all this, like they push, he's pushing him around a little bit, and there's a bit of pushing, shoving, and, and that kind of stuff. Um, and then we go to his apartment, Sledgy's apartment, and the two cops are already in there. Another great line. This was really good. Um, I wrote down "lol" next to it. You can tell it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, I know. I know. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, so he, he, Sledge walks in. The two cops are there, and uh, you know, uh, did you who let you in? The landlady, because you cops. No, because we said that we were going to beat you up. <laughs> Which is cool. <laughs> and he goes, "No wonder she doesn't get any dates." Yes. <laughs> um, so they, they get invited to join the vigilante group, uh, or Sledge does, I should say. Um, and well, I got, I've got a note here that I've got to call out for our my uh, my American side of the listening audience. Yeah, because they start talking about, about uh, all these like horrible things that he, you know, you, that they accuse him of. You know, we need you to do whatever, and he's like, "Oh, I'm already a registered Republican." <laughs> I just laughed out loud, as if like this like this horrible sounding kind of person who you know doesn't believe in law justice and wants to kill all the bad guys and no due process oh no i'm already a republican which is our conservative more conservative leaning side party in the united states so i thought that was very funny yeah they've made cracks about that before i think it was maybe the first or second episode where they took the um the reporter out with them and i'm sure he's made cracks about that which we wouldn't necessarily have got over here uh you know what i mean so uh but yeah so and now another oh, this was great they put a blindfold on him <laughs> and take him uh to this this location where there's other cops this kind of clandestine meeting with all of the other vigilantes that are part of this group um and you know he's it's just really well done i think from from david ray she just plays this out so well i think it's the, the, the delivery of the dialogue it's the dialogue, dialogue itself help if i could speak um but i think it's just you know his performance with what he does with everything i just thought this is great uh you know because he's, he's asking things about you know ooh, where's the pinata um <laughs> which is great for being blindfolded there was but i wrote down this blindfold joke before they left the apartment which i cracked up my wife was actually in the office while i was reading because uh, i had my headphones on taking notes so she wouldn't be distracted and i just kept blurting out laughing laughing when he says oh a blindfold huh you know i haven't worn one of these since i dated a girl that was in the weight watchers uh, <laughs> yeah 
I thought that was hysterical. Like, oh, I'm losing weight. You can't see what I look like right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then another thing. So he tries to act all cool and and like you know his his senses have been heightened because he can't see. So and he's standing next to a black guy, um, <laughs> and you know he says, "Oh, you know, well, my senses have been heightened." Uh, so you know you're a a Caucasian woman, you know, and all this that and the other. And the, obviously the guy's like, "Get him away from me!" Get this fool away from me. He's just take he's just taking the piss, isn't he? He's just mm-hmm. constantly taking the piss, isn't he, Adam? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, uh, well, <laughs> another just... one. Thanks for okay. that, Pearl. <laughs> I keep passing you the ball. It's like yeah, I'm, 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 I'm just doing it on purpose now. Well, uh, let me ask this: How, Did you guys? Because I, I need to ask your opinion. When he says, "I'm so my my senses are so heightened, I have every room, every moment, uh, every bit of this room memorized. I can totally retrace my steps perfectly." Were you so sucked into it that you thought he was actually going to pull it off? Mm. I didn't know where it was going to go. It was coming. Yeah, right. Exactly. I I thought it was like, oh my god, he's actually going to pull this off. I had, and it, it, they dragged that joke out until he walked through the plate glass window of the door. <laughs> yeah, because he he stopped at everything just before he was going to hit it. I'm like, oh, maybe he does know this room. In yeah. one of the in, really one well. of the in one of the poorer episodes, he would have bumped. They would have written it so he bumped into everything. Which is kind of what I half expected, but right. no, he made it all the way to the last bit, and that, yeah, so well done. And by the time he makes it, I I completely bought. He's at the door. I never even imagined he'd walk in the class, and then when <laughs> yeah. he does, he just keeps walking. Yeah. That's it. End scene. I'm cracking up. Beautifully executed. So, the, and this is the thing for me. I mean, we've we've again we've sort of drawn parallels with like Police Squad, you know, before, um, which you know is great, and the Naked Gun, but. And, and I think this is, like, on par with some of those episodes, do you know what I mean, in terms of, like, the execution, the delivery, everything. I think that it's so well done. But just prior to that happening, um, they're asking him questions again, sort of doing the, this initiation sort of thing. And, uh, you know, some of the some of the lines made me laugh. Um, you Every know. one of them. Oh, Every yeah. single one of his responses. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, how do you read somebody their rights or read them their last rights? Uh, you know, and what do you think of the death penalty? <laughs> it's too lenient. There's always the chance of reincarnation. Yeah, right. The, the, the greatest part about it is he's not lying. He's not faking it. He's just answering like how Sledgehammer would answer. Yeah. It just turns out that it's perfect for a vigilante. Yeah. Um, and time for the initiation because they basically well they say to him you've got to go and kill the DA she's been looking into you know our organisation um, and you know uh, do you have any any reservations about killing a woman you have to make a reservation uh, <laughs> which is cool um, and then yeah it's the the whole thing about you know having to trace his way back out of the room because he's memorised it perfectly and then he just walks he gets all the way to the door but then he just walks marches right through the glass which is great you know it's just it was a brilliant brilliant scene Loved perfect it. it was um now we're into the da's office because he goes there and um hammer uh you know he, he's talking to her about the plot what he's got that he's there to do and he's gonna do it um uh did you guys think well obviously did uh, what did you think because he, he quite convincing you know he pulls his gun on her what did you think he was gonna do Adam, you go first. I, I, to be honest, at this point, I thought, ah, she's behind it all. Um, ah. Only because I saw like, oh, there's still like five or six minutes left. And 
Yeah, she's she's gonna be behind it all. I, I just that, see. Just I didn't. My mind. I, I never look at how much time is left, so I had no idea. I was writing the time down, but I didn't look at how much is left. All I kept thinking was, okay, when is he gonna like telegraph to her? that he's here to try to fake it or whatever. And then he breaks the gun. I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to actually shoot her. And then before he can, she says, well, that was a test. He goes, well, of course it was. I was like, holy crap, you guys completely suckered me in because I had no idea that was coming. Mm. Zero idea. But then when I keep thinking, wait a minute, you've written yourself into a corner. How the hell would he know? And he goes, well, I smelled your perfume. And they're like, oh, my God, it calls back the perfume line. Perfect. Definitely. Yeah, really, really good. Really well done. It's almost like I kind of want to say something about um, Magnum Force, but knowing that Adam hasn't seen it, um, you know, considering it's what a 40 odd year film, old film, um, which it's a a bit of a spoiler. So um, I won't say it. (laughs) Watch Magnum Force. You can say it if you want. I mean, A, I probably won't remember what you say. B, <laughs> B, I can That's watch friendship a... right there. <laughs> Most people don't. I can watch a film, and just because I know the end doesn't mean I doesn't don't enjoy the rest of the film. Correct. Uh, okay. Well, fair. Uh, well, the, the big plot twist with Magnum Force is that again, it's all about vigilante. It's got David Soul in it, going back to Starskin Hutch. Um, but uh, is that you know? There's this. Um, I think is he is he a DA or is he assistant DA? Hal Holbrook, anyway. He's. And he's I thought a, he it, was like the lieutenant. Oh, is it? Well, he, he, he hates Hammer. Oh, Hammer. God, he hates um, <laughs> fucking hell, Harry Callahan, you know, and all this kind of stuff. Um, but it actually turns out that he's the bad guy. He's in charge of them all. Um, so there you go. Again, bit of a throwback to the film, I guess. But you wouldn't have known that. Um, so, yeah, I love that. I love that it linked back to the perfume because, you know, like I said, it's nice to have that thread. Um, and then a bit of a weird scene, this, I thought. But we go back to her home now. Um, and they're dancing, sort of like almost like doing a tango type thing, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bit odd. Which is great because it takes two to tango. And I love this whole, the, the, the visual motif, the underlying motif. And when they're going through and comparing all their notes, one of the best written lines for her that I thought was just going to make Sledgehammer like cream in his pants is when she goes, I'm not interested in the ERA. I'm interested in the NRA. Yeah. Now, for me, I got that joke. Did you? Yes. It's the National okay. Rifle Association, isn't it? Right. Versus the Equal Rights Amendment, which was about giving women, you know, women's rights. So she's ah. like, I'm not interested in women's rights. I'm interested in the National Rifle Association. Ah, so I didn't get the first part, but I got the second part. So yeah, it's same here. <laughs> um, and it turns out, I mean, because she's trying to seduce him, she tries to. Well, she gets a hair down just um, after he he pulls his gun <laughs> gun on her. And also, important plot point, um, he uh, they have a little conversation about you know, uh, well, I, were you going to go through with it? And he says, no. Well, I took precautions. I loaded my gun with blanks. So there you go. Um, so yeah, she's got loads of weapons in her home and loads of different things and um, that I can't read my writing. <laughs> Adam, save me. She, she, well, well, I've she, got, she's got a okay. gun cabinet, a bull whip. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> the bull it. whip was great. Let, um, me, let me ask you this. Did you catch the line about the, uh, the, the giant stag, the deer head on the wall? Oh, go on. When she uh, uh, hammer looks at it, and goes, "So your dad was a hunter?" She goes, "No, a bad driver." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's how he killed the deer. He just <laughs> ran into it on the road. 
once again, so out of nowhere. Like you think you know where the jokes are going, and they take such a quick ninety degree, you know, like Tron light cycle turn. It's it, they they hit every one of the jokes, hits like it should. And again, it carries on there because she goes to slip into something more comfortable, um, <laughs> and um, he pulls his gun out, which he hasn't done for a little while, but he pulls his gun out. And he says to the gun, oh, we're the only sane people in here. <laughs> <laughs> Just as he's talking to his gun. Um, and uh, so, you know, the, now he's looking for this list of all of the people that are involved with the um, the vigilante group. And he's he's basically like trashing the place a little bit, isn't he? This made me laugh out loud. And I know that I, I laughed out loud because I wrote LOL again. Um, sorry, Adam. Uh, I write LOL by every line that I said made me laugh out loud. Because he picks up um, a, a fishbowl and he's looking in it, he's looking around it, and then he tips the water out. <laughs> he sees the fish swimming in it. Well, maybe the list is hidden under the rocks. <laughs> Which I thought was great. Um, you know, it just shows what a bit of a buffoon he is. Um, but again, the way it was done, he wasn't a jerk or, a, 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 you know, you weren't thinking, God, this guy's being mean. It's just, it's goofy and it makes him endearing in this episode. You yeah. you like him, what he's doing. Absolutely. And uh, so anyway, she calls him upstairs and um, she's dressed as the uh, justice. It's yes. sort of, you know, she's got a robe on and she's got some scales that she's holding up. <laughs> In a bamboo-covered um, hot tub room. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then she strips down to a swimsuit. Mm-hmm. Um, now, again, I haven't seen this episode for... Pff, probably 25 30 years so it's it's one of those things that i totally didn't remember or, or I, let's say i couldn't remember it until i just saw it earlier on as so i thought wow i i definitely had some stirrings watching this because she's <laughs> in that bikini for quite some time isn't she um well, it's a one piece but it's got a deep v-neck one piece that goes all the way down like mid-waist yeah, so add mm. that to the fact that Dory had a really short skirt on as well. I was probably, ooh, what's going on here? Um, so, yeah, and then she gets in the, the, the hot tub um, and he, he says, he makes a lot a crack or a line about it. says, oh, the last DA used to wear an outfit like that. What a freak he was, um, which is cool. And um, she, she tells him where the list is. And, you know, it's so he goes to get it from the table and he gets his gun out. And um, then she pulls a harpoon gun on him. Which I, I love, before that, love the harpoon Before gun. that, I wrote down this joke that, once again, a brilliant joke because it's totally natural. She, you think she wants him to get in the hot tub with her. He doesn't know that he's about to arrest her. She's getting in the water. It's steamy. And he pulls the gun and goes, now you're in really hot water. I'm like, she's entering the hot tub. Of course she's getting into hot water. It was great. Yeah. Uh, what were you saying about the harpoon gun, Adam? I just love. It. I wasn't expecting the harpoon gun to come out from the uh, yeah. from the pool. Loved it. It's not really a weapon that you tend to sort of see much, <laughs> do you? Um, no. The no. only one I can think of is um, in *License to Kill*. James where, Bond, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, where he he, um, he kills one of the bad guys uh, that killed his friend. But anyway, um, yeah. And then so then she pulls a shotgun out, and starts shooting at him. <laughs> Um, but because he's got blanks, I mean, they're firing point blank at each other pretty much. And But because he's got blanks, and she reminds him of this, um, 
and he's he's just dodging and ducking behind things and she's shooting things but he, and he even comments that she's a lousy shot and um mm-hmm. uh yeah uh, in and, fact his exact line is that's another miss and she goes that's miss <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and she says something like you know you only meant uh, you men only want one thing and he goes yeah to get the hell out of here uh <laughs> which is good and um then she sort of um goes to shoot him uh, because he grabs a, a fake gun off the wall or he goes to but obviously it's not real so he can't do it uh, so he's there you think he's, he's about to be done in and then Dory bursts in because she hasn't really been in this episode much at all has she? No, not mm-hmm. a great deal um, and uh, so she pulls the gun on, on um, the DA uh, and you know uh, then you know how did you know? Well you don't think I was going to believe all that bad acting so she was on to it <laughs> Um, and then the two cops turn up. And it's like fuck me, you know what I mean. So then they they get. Well, he ambushed. gets so angry and he goes, "What do you? What, what, how do you guys keep showing up? You teleporting in here?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then um, that so that's all kicking off. And then um, Trunk um, comes in, and and it's like wow. So and and then he makes a line about see, you know, you're never going to outwit men because we've got the superior intellect, you know, our minds are like steel traps and all this that. You know, tell us Captain Trunk, how did you know that we were going to be here? It's like <laughs> I live right next door. I heard all the shooting. <laughs> Once again, I wrote they could have written themselves into the corner rather than a deus ex machina moment where we just think, well, we're just going to come up with something that nobody will believe. It's totally believable. He just lives next door. Yeah. But and also, and all, uh, this, again, another brilliant line because he uh, he says, right, I'm prepared to shoot everybody in this room except Darrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which obviously Hammer does a funny look, sort of double take, which is good. Like, huh? Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then she pulls Hammer sort of like you know towards her, and you think, oh, is he gonna, is she gonna kiss him or whatever? And she punches him. Yeah, uh, had the music, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Had the music like she was gonna go in for a snog, but yeah, it just gives him a right hand. By yes. the way, if you want to know what a thirty-eight special looks like, that's actually what Captain, or some, yeah, I guess Captain Trunk is holding. It's a, a nickel-plated, but if you go back and watch right at right at minute twenty-two. He pulls the gun up for a second, and you see that is actually what a thirty-eight special looks like. And then if you want to go back and compare it to the guns the other guys were firing, nowhere close to the same gun. Ah, there you go. And uh, Hammer is quite sad because um, yeah. it's the best date that he, he ever had. Uh, so there Best you go. first date. First date, sorry. Um, and then we go back to Trunk's office and DeRoe, Hammer and Trunk are in there and uh, reading the newspaper you know saying the verdict has come out uh, thinking that she's going to get a long sentence but she got off on a technicality because she represented herself Uh, and then you hear her calling and so that everybody sort of ducks and covers uh, and she starts firing a gun at Hammer and she's hopeless she can't hit him Um, (laughs) and then she gets overpowered um, you know, because he, he makes a comment to Darrow and Trunk, doesn't he, by saying, you know, oh, it's hard for, for women to get over a guy like me. And then, you know, she's fired all the bullets at him or fired a couple of shots. And then she gets overpowered. And then he just says nonchalantly, see, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's it. And uh, great. I, I So there we go. Adam, over to you. What did you think of the episode? Much, 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 much better than we've had in a while. 
it feels like every episode, apart from the Elvis one, which I didn't like, every episode is like, well, it's not the best one, but, and it's all it's always that, and you start to forget uh, at some point, like, well, when was the last good episode? But now we have a good episode, so next episode I can say, well, it's not as good as Magnum Fast. This was a good episode, well written, good jokes that you know paid off at the time as a joke, and then had meaning further on in the story as well. Always came back to them. It was uh, yeah, well done, well done episode. Loved it. Mm. Uh, I d- oh god, I've done it. I've <laughs> Alan, <laughs> I thought I was doing so well. Alan, what did you think? Uh, same thing. Outside of the pilot that had a lot of really good gags in it, this has been the best episode in the first nine. In And in fact, after establishing the characters, which is what a pilot's supposed to do, this episode may even be better than that. Um, it, it hit every joke was good. The acting was good. I liked the character. I didn't feel anybody. Even the captain didn't come across as the stereotypical, I'm going to yell every line. Um, when they were play fighting, it worked because it and like I said, they even made fun of the fact that they're making a satire on a television show. They sort of like a joke within the joke. The the, the jokes came around again. It it is hands down been the best episode outside of the pilot. And again, I think if you take the pilot away as sort of an introductory episode, the best episode so far. Mm. Yeah, I loved it. I mean, it's like I said, the writing was sharp. You know, the performances were good. It was just great. It was really good. I laughed a lot of time, you know, a lot throughout it. Um, and so there we go. Now, big question is, Adam, are we going to stick with Sledgehammer or are we going to watch something else? Well, it's obvious, isn't it? We're going to watch something else. No, we'll carry on. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll carry on. And we'll carry on with, a you know, a bit more, a bit more magic dust in your heart if you want to put it that way yeah looking looking more forward to the next one hoping they can carry yeah. this kind of strength on if i were you guys if i were uh you know with your your, your strike count or whatever is putting it on on thin ice y- you just had a hard freeze overnight and that kind of added a little more thickness to the pond you're, you're safe for a little while with this episode if they can keep it up um i would go back and i and i should have written it down whoever the two guys that wrote this episode because i knew it was two names Watch for them again because they they didn't miss at all. I mean, there was not a single miss for me. There wasn't a joke where I went, ooh, that one didn't hit. Every single one to me hit and, and worked even for a contemporary audience because I don't rem- I've never watched the show, so it's my first time watching, and I found it compelling. I found it interesting. I laughed out loud multiple times. And just like you, Chris, I write down every single time there's a line that I laugh out loud. I put the LOL. So that way I remind myself. I literally, it's not just a chuckle. It's a, I laughed out loud. My wife thought I was, you know, having, she thought there was something wrong with me up here because I just was giggling at these jokes. So very well done. Mm. Um, Now it's, well, just as you've said that. So it's Jim Fisher and Jim Stahl that wrote this uh, particular episode. And they've done one previous one, which was episode six to sledge with love, which is where he was in a, a school. Um, and un- looking at Wikipedia, unfortunately, that those are the only two ones they've done. So, <laughs> well, pretty soon you're gonna be doing a new show. I guess. Yeah. No, I don't know. <laughs> Obviously, they lasted two seasons, so people did enjoy the show. But this one, this was a, a, a special one. This was a for anybody who's been listening to these and have never gone back to watch any of the episodes yet, but they love listening to you guys talk about them. This would be the episode to go see after the pilot. You could go from the pilot to this and not miss a beat. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, it's hard to say whether it 
ruined your sort of if you hadn't watched magnum force whether it ruined it or not or if it enhanced it i should say um but you know from your point of view alan uh having watched magnum force did you feel that you got a bit more out of the episode having watched that you know or? the the only thing i i took from it is i knew magnum force was about you know uh renegade cops or or you know cops that were taking the law into their own hands and i had forgotten about actually until the end the uh the subplot about uh lieutenant whatever his name was how holbrook's here was lieutenant biggs or something i had totally forgotten about that so i never saw the the double cross of the da coming so for me it was actually pretty cool to not to not remember that part of uh or or, or link it so closely i knew just enough that i knew where it was coming from and what it was playing paying homage to but at the same time, it was still unique enough that I was laughing out loud. Excellent. Very good. So we will be back with the next um, episode of Sledgehammer, episode 10. It's titled, If I Had a Little Hammer. Um, so we will watch that next time. Um, now, where? tell us a little bit about your shows, what, what you do, Alan, um, just before we go away. All right. Uh, the, the main show that I did that uh, you and I and everybody in the 60MW crew came across was a, a, a podcast we called The Wilder Ride. Uh, it started off as Gene Wilder movies one minute at a time where we would spend each season looking at one movie. Season one was dedicated to Young Frankenstein. Season two to uh, Blazing Saddles. But then we had uh, some kind of a worldwide outbreak and decided to turn us into a talk show. And this season, we're in season four. The talk show worked so well to try to be a distraction and fun and meet new people. We've kept it for season four, but we will be also diving into a movie that should start rolling hopefully in the next uh, couple of months. We're going to start, we're doing some recordings already for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Since it's the 50 year anniversary of its release, we thought might as well go ahead and hit the the next big one on the Gene Wilder plate. So that's the big one. Uh, You guys stumbled across it, thanks to Ben, and we've all become great friends. And because of that, I actually do the rant show on 60MW. So if you want to go and Hear me lead, actually, these two guys here for the last few episodes anyway. Chris and Adam join me on The Rant Show where we talk about the stupidity of what's going on in the world today, and we do it in a lighthearted and fun way. And then my wife and I just this year started a marriage podcast, but because we're a blended family from both of us divorced, both of us put our kids together, became a mini Brady Bunch family, we called it The Marriage Fit Podcast because, as we say at every opening of every show, Um, The Blended Family is about learning how to try to make things fit, how to stay fit, and not throw a fit. And so there you go, the Marriage Fit Podcast. And very good they are as well. Very, very, very good. Um, So Adam and I can be found at 60MW as well. We do lots of different shows. So we've got the uh, Spotlight Reflection TV show, which is all about this at the minute, and the movie show, which we do, uh, which features different films. And uh, from our childhood, I should point out. We've also got the ABC of Gaming, which we do, um, and I'm on the Entertainment Show as well. Uh, So there you go. Have I missed anything before I go? Uh, You said the ABC of Gaming. Oh, bollocks. The ABCD of gaming. Shit. (laughs) Sorry. Um, So, yes, there's that. Um, And if you want to find out more about the shows and website and everything else, then please go to 60mw.co.uk. Go to Twitter at 60mwpodcast, which has all of the links to all of the competitions and giveaways and all the other gubbins and things that we do. Uh, I'm at DastardlyJabby on Twitter. Where can they find you, Adam? They can find me at Eight Mutterings. And where can they find you and all of your shows, Alan? 
Thankfully, if you want to follow the podcast, they go by the exact name that they are on Twitter. It is The Marriage Fit. If you find uh, for that as on Twitter, it's also The Marriage Fit Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And for The Wilder Ride, it's The Wilder Ride on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if for some reason you want to follow me directly, it's Alan J. Sanders. Fantastic. And looking forward to um, you revisiting Willy Wonka. I love that film. I think yeah. it's great. Um, and I'm just reading, well, say just reading. Uh, that makes it sound as if I'm not listening to you guys. I am, honestly. Um, but I'm just, I note that The Guardian wrote a very sniffy review of um, Willy Wonka at 50. So never mind. We'll give The Guardian the finger because that's all they deserve. (laughs) (laughs) And right, so we will see you next time for more Sledgehammer, thankfully. And um, keep, uh, I was going to say, following this, watching the skies. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? What show are you on now? (laughs) Keep keep looking out for us because, you know, anyway, right, we'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye -bye. Bye Bye-bye.